Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And yeah, uh, surprise, surprise, more Wise Guy. I know, right? <laughs> it's just the beginning. And the horrible thing is, is that we can no longer get it in Canada from Prime. Yeah, I mean, but luckily we, you know, all just bought it. So we're fine. Oh, yeah. For us, it's fine. I mean, I've got the good ones here you've got the good ones oh, yeah. somebody yeah. has somebody has put up dead dog on the on canal fans so we're happy fan. and honestly i think uh i think they're just putting up all of the episodes on canal fans so people outside of the united states can see the show because apparently it's still watchable on american amazon last we checked but uh very few other places so i guess there's some international rights issue like, maybe a different distributor owns it in all non-U.S. territories? Like, who can well, say, right? Yeah, except that it was on the Canada one for a while. Yeah, just until July. And yeah, July 1st, it, you know, suddenly disappeared. Very strange. But anyway, we're not here to talk about people's difficulties in seeing Wise Guy, or maybe a mysterious conspiracy to bury Wise Guy. Uh, so that the future doesn't know of that good television used to exist. I can't say what the truth is. It's probably yeah, not sure. that. It's probably not <laughs> nope. that. But, you know. No, it's not that. It. It's 100% not that. Yeah, no, no you, it just has to right. do. It's I'm sure it has issue. to do with copyright issues and money and all that sort of oh, stuff. Absolutely. So, No question. So, uh, that still means it's more important that means it's more important than ever to talk about wise guy to remind the corporations yeah you should be marketing this thing so let's jump right into it with episode two. Oh, you want me to figure I out what it was called no it's called new blood but i thought it's, you were gonna yeah say it's it. called no no it's called yeah no i wasn't going to say it you didn't warn me i needed I to say it nope Thought I was just doing a bit and you were going to jump in. That's my fault for assuming that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so in this episode, we deal with the aftermath of the uh, the end of the pilot, right? Where his uh, Sonny Steelgrave's organization has been kind of wrecked. His brother's dead. And uh, his brother's dead. The cops are tightening their noose on him because, again... He thinks uh, he his brother did kill a federal prosecutor, and he thinks he killed a federal prosecutor. So the cops are pushing in on him, right, in the form of a new federal prosecutor who is uh, trying to. Well, no, sorry, a state prosecutor. There's a. It's weird. Serrera. Yes. What is Serrera's job? Is no, he's a federal prosecutor. Yeah, he's a federal district attorney. Yeah, he's a federal in the, in the, the U.S. attorney. Probably, probably in the Southern District of New York. Yeah, even if he lives me. in. Yeah, even, it, if, even if he lives guys in New Jersey. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we'll talk about that character in a bit, but and at the same time, right, his right hand man, Tony Greco, is either dead or squealing to the cops. Now, yeah. in in a nice mo nice moment, uh, he has every reason to believe that Tony Greco has is turning state's evidence against him. Yeah. But he tells everybody that Tony's dead. Yeah. Which I like that. I think that's a nice moment. That is like well, he's 100% clear that Tony's dead because he figures he can get away with the lie. Well, the other, the other, and the other thing is, is that all of the other mob bosses are out for his territory. Exactly. And that's where the show introduces 
three major characters, no, four major characters this week. Really, the whole cast gets dumped on us this week in rather aggressive fashion, which is uh, we meet Paul Patrice, who is, we talked about him last time. He is the show's equivalent of John Gotti, right? Yeah. He is pointedly to the point where everyone always talks about his suits. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And the episode opens with Sonny being summoned to meet with Pat the Cat, Paul Patrice, uh, at a bowling alley. And why a bowling alley, according to the show? Do you remember the line? No, it's okay. <laughs> you don't remember the line? Okay. Well, I probably, if I wanted to think, everybody <laughs> should understand. Meets- no, no, I understand. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, she just got her second COVID shot and she's a little wonky today. Yeah, the second day is just like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll see. It'll it'll throw you for a loop. Nobody's judging you. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, no, he, uh, according to Sonny, they have to meet in a bowling alley because they're, uh, because, sorry, I'm already laughing. There is uh, no pl- any place smaller couldn't hold his ego. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the minute you said it, I'm going, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the line. It's the beautiful line in the episode. I know it's it's wonderful because he's very uh, skeptical, you know, he's very spe- uh, skeptical of Pat the Cat and he knows that the guy wants to take over all of his action, which is basically the idea is there is a commission who runs yeah. things. It's uh, what we know as the five families. It's what, you know, the Godfather is based on there. It's a real thing. They run things in New York and surrounding areas. And Pat who is kind of at the top of the commission would very much like all of the, the, all of the New Jersey and especially the Atlantic city action to become fully under the purview of the commission because the steel graves are Jersey mobsters who are not under the thumb of New York. If you remember this uh, conflict, this is essentially the same conflict that animated the entire show, the Sopranos. Yeah. The yeah, difference between the, the, the Jersey the mob New- and the New York commission mob. Yeah. Yeah. And how basically there was always a guy above Tony in the New York mob. And that guy changed from time to time as people died and went to jail. But there was always somebody above Tony in the New York mob who theoretically, and I mean, there was mob wars and whatnot over this, but theoretically, Tony always has to answer to someone up above. And in the same way, in this, Sonny Steelgrave has to answer to pat the cat patrice and the uh the philadelphia mob yeah i mean then then no money mahoney comes no in. money mahoney comes in yeah. so yeah they have a this wonderful scene which i think by the way really good scene they uh where they're being uh tailed they're being tailed by mobsters on the way and uh and Vinny beats up the mobsters who are tailing them mm-hmm. which is a nice scene it's very like just a little action beat on the way to the tent scene and you get this great moment that uh, I really liked. Then, again, it's great moments that the show doesn't really talk about. But, so, last minute, they, they're they on their way to, like, a dinner for a friend of Sonny's who's got cancer. They get a last minute call, right? They get a last minute call to go and meet uh, Pat the Cat in the bowling alley. And so, you know, 
Vinny just had barely has enough time to come in, uh, to call in and report this is ha- that this is happening. And so you think this is a dangerous situation. He's meeting with a mob boss. There's no time to get cover. He doesn't even know where they're going because, you know, Sonny's only telling him where to drive as they're driving. But he puts out an, uh, you know, an alarm. And then in the moment I really liked, so he gets there. And when he gets there, Frank is there one second later because all Frank had to do was call up the guys who are tailing uh pat the cat 24 hours a day because all Vinny had to say was we're going to meet pat the cat and he's like oh okay well i'll just call the guys who are following pat the cat 24 hours a day and so when frank gets there there's already a full surveillance team watching the bowling alley yeah so it's like these guys entire lives it's weird the situation where yeah Vinny's in a dangerous line of work but at the same time even though he's undercover he has a huge amount of backup all the time yeah and mm-hmm. again, it's something that the show doesn't really focus on, but it's a detail I really liked because they don't even talk about it. It's just something you're supposed to understand about what it's like being in the mob this t- at this time. They're literally never like they're alone. never not uh, they're never alone. They're always That's under it. surveillance. You know, just but you're never alone. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's always somebody who knows where you are. Exactly. Uh, even if I, yeah. yeah, which I think again is a really, really nice... Again, it's a really nice beat. So we get the wonderful power play. Beautiful, like... Uh, one of those really nicely written scenes. Now, there, it's a bit mannered compared to the way dialogue is written and performed in today's television. I would say there is a level of manneredness to the conversations here. But I think it's but, all really well, really well, well written and well performed. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure... You know, that this is, well, this is the mannered speech. Of how mob bosses actually speak. And I guess you're right. I shouldn't criticize it because as we learned from the Donald Trump presidency, this is the way mob bosses talk. These weird circular conversations around the The thing that they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they have like Sonny and Pat have a whole conversation about Pat having no confidence in Sonny's leadership. And no confidence that he can keep, you know, things steady in Atlantic City. And they have a whole conversation without ever saying anything like that. Yeah. That's the whole... Con- the, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, right? Yeah. And he wants to put in four guys plus, plus a of management course... management team. He wants yeah. to put in a quote-unquote management team to, to help, help Sonny. Yeah. yeah, just to help Sonny. And of course, Sonny's reaction is to take out his gun and invite, shoot me uh, now. invite Pat to shoot him in the head. Yeah. Which, you know, a daring maneuver. But that's who Sonny is. He He's all about these bold, like, he makes bold moves. He's yeah, always plus, the guy who makes bold moves. Plus, it's iffy. Like, yeah. I'm sure that part of him, no, but part of him knows that Pat, Pat the cat can't afford to kill him at this point. Oh, exactly. Because if he killed him now, you're talking about a mob war with all of his lieutenants. It's a whole thing. Like, he is not... And again, yeah. he... Sonny is pretty sure that the rest of the commission hasn't sanctioned his execution. You know? That Mahoney... Yeah. And uh, and again, that his partner Mahoney has not sanctioned his execution. So, I mean, it's it's a safe play for Sonny, but it's still a very dramatic scene. No, it's a dramatic scene, right? And and it's all about this face-off between the two of them, which is great because, let's face it, um, it's a great negotiating tactic on Pat's part because he didn't really think he was going to get 
all this four person management team. But by making this big ask, like by making this huge ask, he's able to negotiate down to what he really wanted, putting his quote unquote accountant accountant in in. Yes. And, Sid Royce. <laughs> oh, Sid Royce. What a character. Right from the beginning. Right from his first appearance, because, oh, my God, the man literally. Uh, so Sonny gets to work the next day and there's somebody in his brother's office. Yep. Damn. There's all, yeah, Sid Royce is already set up in his brother's office. Yes, and, and going to over. keep, yes, and going to keep the picture of yeah, of his the brother there and keep things that Dave liked there. Well, you know, I yeah. mean, Sonny, yeah. Sonny has agreed to it. He didn't think it was going to happen so fast, but yep, he's nothing stuck. he can do. Well, yeah. and one thing that I find really funny about that scene is that um, you see people, uh, how do I put this? You see the the, the writers and the producers figuring stuff out as they go because when they wrote the pilot they didn't know what they were going to do they didn't have any idea they you know like paul patrice didn't exist they didn't know who sid royce was so they they didn't plan out this scene when they're shooting the pilot and you can tell because there's this great moment where he takes the picture right and we do a close-up of the picture and the picture is a still from the pilot yeah because you know they didn't get a picture of the two of them just posing like brothers for a picture because they didn't think they would need anything like that they didn't think to get it and you know it would be really expensive to call that actor back just for a photo shoot so instead they use a still from the previous episode and just pay that guy for his likeness rights for that one for the photograph which is a lot cheaper than having that actor come back and do a photo shoot but and as we already yeah. know this 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 show has issues with money <laughs> oh god yeah i mean it, well it's such a the show itself because it's not like they're shooting in los angeles they're shooting this thing in new york and new jersey yeah like it's a lot more expensive to do that and the show's got a huge cast there's action scenes there's you know an, an enormous amount of outdoor shooting in the show like it, it, it was not a cheap show to make no you can absolutely tell that it was not a cheap show to make and unlike so many other shows like, you can't just suddenly do a bottle episode where everyone is sitting around the office chatting. <laughs> That's not Wise Guy, and it's never going to be Wise Guy. Uh, so, you know, he shows up, and then we get a great... And again, um, we get Sonny's almost impotent attempts to show that he's in charge, because he goes back to his office where... And I don't know who designed... Just This is a weird aside, but I don't know who designed... Um, uh sunny steelgrave's desk but that is my favorite desk i've ever seen in my life you love that desk right it is, oh, like, yeah. is... it is an obelisk it is a black stone obelisk coming out at an angle and a gi giant piece of glass cantilevered out from it so just hanging in midair like i don't know how this desk works but i love this desk so much and whatever engineer designed it is my hero i love his desk and if you know unlimited money that would be the desk i went out and got tomorrow if i won the well, lottery i'm getting that desk 100 percent. yeah you're gonna take a still take a still from that, that desk go to take it to designer, somebody find a designer to be like i need you to build me this desk until i find someone who can do it you know uh, but anyway so he is um he is, I think, uh, understandably ticked off to find out that all of the computer access codes 
yeah have been changed have been changed because again before sunny even got there right before sunny even got there so we have to assume um what do you call it there's there's a bit of a timeline issue between this scene and the previous scene uh i guess sunny went away for a three-day weekend because when sid has not only put in a new computer system but he's already made everybody take a drug test uh well not everybody but not yet take drug tests he's put in a drug testing system to help with insurance and you know make sure that the cops don't think they're dealing drugs but it's a nice system because again as sunny always says the it's a 100 percent clean organization but he's like and he's fired a ton of people before sunny even gets into work uh, yeah. because it turns out sunny's got a guy a character we only meet in the scene when he's been fired uh chooch yeah who uh uh right well but, except we see him in he's, one he's more waiting scene. in the well no i'm saying we first he's meet dead. him in the, <laughs> yeah, we first meet him in the scene when he gets fired yeah. which is nice uh right so it's it's kind of an entertaining scene so he gets fired because he's been doing coke and dealing coke to the secretaries and so yeah they yeah. can't have him around the office anymore so sunny does the decent <laughs> thing which is this is a friend of his back from his days in the street when he was coming up so he gives him 10 grand and says if you can get clean we'll find a place for you here because yeah again he's this old style of mobster for whom loyalty is the only thing that matters right yeah that that is basically there and the guy apologizes as well i mean yeah and that is it does say that you know that sunny has you know well yes it's that sunny has rules yeah even though he goes crazy he seems to have rules that he follows by and it's only when he breaks those rules that he starts getting into trouble that he starts getting into real trouble serious trouble oh yeah and again it's an interesting thing about the character because um just one second uh because and i mean this has always been a thing in mob fiction right just like how important are these rules that they set for themselves right yeah. and it's like is it just a facade to cover brutality and a survival of the fittest mindset or are these rules actually important to them and that's something that's going to come up more than once <laughs> as yeah. we go forward yeah, that's that's actually going to be a big part of the story going forward. But again, we're not going to spoil anything. Yes, and then and then then we get sort of well, I mean, Sunny is still always. Then we get Serrera. Oh, Serrera, the uh, the guy who is trying to put Sunny out of business because yep. and uh, he actually puts it quite clearly, which I thought was nice, which is the idea that because of he puts it in the most concrete terms possible he's like okay well sonny seems like a good guy what is the problem with the mob and he just lays out that with you know operating in a world of mob contracting like if the mob controls all of the unions and controls all of the contracts you find yourself in this weird position where everything is more expensive than it should be right yeah everything is more expensive than it should be so uh, you have the line where he says to the pizza guy, out of every dollar you make, 15 cents is essentially between garbage collection, between, you know, them owning property, between, let's face it, Con- you know, controlling uh, the docks. Rates. Yeah, controlling the docks of getting stuff shipped in, 15 cents of everything you make, you're paying in tax to the mob. And that's like, it explains the situation in a really well-written, concrete fashion that I think... A lot of people don't really know how the mob works. 
They assume they're just heisting things and selling them, but that's not where most of their money comes from. Well, no, because they're basically, they have been slowly but surely over the decades. Yeah. Go at putting themselves into legit positions, legitimate, legitimate business. Yeah. And, and it's it's kind of fascinating because, again, this continues into um, they, they still they do plenty of crimes and they're happy to use criminal activities to keep their businesses. But fundamentally, these guys, they get into cartage and they get into shipping and they create a situation where you can't use anyone's services except for theirs. And then they use that to, you know, financially screw you. And if that sounds familiar to you, it's because that's the business model of every corporation in America. <laughs> it's true. Like, they're no different than any other monopoly. The only difference is that other monopolies um, use uh, essentially financial wheelings and dealings to make it so that they are the only supplier of things and they can charge whatever they want. Whereas the mob because they don't have unlimited resources, uses threats, violence, and intimidation to create themselves de facto monopolies, even if they don't actually own all the businesses. Well, and it's it's always, it's constantly going to be a yeah. problem. That with, and that's, well, anyway, I mean, we'll, we'll get to some, some of the problems with that, as you say, it is, and the, that argument of, well, it's just another business. And yeah. just because it's illegal and Sonny comes up with this stuff too. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't, it, why is everybody getting so upset? Yeah. And, I mean, that's what's so bizarre, right? Why is everybody getting so upset? And we, now what we need to do when we're talking about is this introduction of Eric Christmas. Oh. God, Mahoney's second so guy. Well, no, his his docs guy. His, his docs, docs guy. guy. Yeah, the guy who knows the the guy who knows the docs. Because again, he couldn't set one of his muscle men or anything. He needs well, a spy. No. And and what I love is how open he is about it. Yeah. Which is whereas you know <laughs> Pat the cat hey, well. has this elaborate rationalization about how you need help and blah blah blah. And then Mahoney rolls up in his limousine because he travels everywhere by limousine. Again, so, you want to establish a character in the world these guys live in. One of them wears the most expensive suits you've ever seen, and the other one travels everywhere by limousine. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it, it is it is just sort of a brilliant. I mean, our opening is is that he basically whacks Vinny in, in the legs with his cane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. The, you know, the, I mean, right. he's not taken. And... And what happens is Mahoney says, okay, so, you know. You've got a guy. Hey, Patrice Pat, says. Yeah, Patrice, Patrice has a guy, put a guy in. I gotta have a guy. I got a guy. Yeah, yeah. I gotta have a guy here, too. You let, And that's the thing. Uh, no Money Mahoney is, uh, yeah. is a wonderful character because, like, he genuinely likes Sonny. And as he says, Sonny, he is Sonny's Goomba, which is the idea of Goomba is Godfather, i.e. when you get, um, when you get made as a member of the Mafia. Right. And when you become a made man, you have essentially a godfather, i.e. someone who is in charge of teaching you the ropes of being a made man. Yes. And who puts you into who who puts you forward. Yeah. Who puts you forward for it. And um, and that is what Mahoney is for Sonny Steelgrave. And so obviously they have a much more friendly relationship, but at its core. And because they have this much more friendly relationship, he's able to come in and have no artifice and no elaborate stories. And it's like, look, 
you, you let New York have someone in here, you got to have let Philadelphia. And it's as simple as that. Like, yeah, a precedent has been set and this is a business and we're all supposed to be equal partners. So and that's why. Uh, but he specifically sends the least threatening man imaginable, a 70 year old hunchback. Who is the historian? Yeah, who is the mob and like who is an encyclopedia of mob history, which ends up being very important for the plot this week. Yeah, and it does. And it, he's very useful to Vinny. Like, he just tells... It, the interesting thing is his line near the end of the episode of, you know, you're too smart for this business. <laughs> for this line of work, yeah. Uh, well, and it's funny because uh, we didn't mention this, but the other thing that happens right at the start of the episode is Vinny is being groomed to be Sonny's second-in-command because he gets handed all of Tony Greco's operations. Yes. Like Tony Greco ran the docks and is handed over to Vinny. And he's like, you know, to this is where Tony screwed me. So this is going to be your chance to prove that you deserve the trust I'm uh, placing in you. And in the end, it actually, it's not very hard work. He's got the guys who actually run the dock. He's just there to be an intermediary for the criminal stuff. And this is a legitimate business to put on his his W-4s and <laughs> make him look less suspicious. Because you got to, hey, the money's got to be coming from somewhere. So Vinny yes. now has a make work job that he can file, you know, sorry, a W-2 on and pay his taxes and explain how he's got this nice life. Like they, they show you all the details of how the mob works. And again, what impresses me about the show is they're trusting the audience to get it. Like they yeah. don't sit down and explain the details about how these mob scams work. They just 100% trust that the audience is going to follow along can figure this one out too and this will continue on so it is it is th this is setting up sunny is setting up patrice mahoney mm -hmm. um sid and whatever and course, what's harry eric christmas harry the hunchback yeah harry the yeah god so it's and it's you've got all the players and you've got the prosecutor yep and um you also get the fact that Patrice is still, right? They're out to destroy Sonny if they possibly can. Oh, 100%. So want, it like, sets up the stakes in this episode. Yeah. It, Patrice like, wants The whole Sonny rest of out. the season is going to play out based on the relationships that are established in this episode. Yeah. And so, so you get all of that. It's set up. It pays off. That's what we want. And it, oh, yeah. it is, um, and it's going to take time, you know? And so they're trying to kill Serrera. Yeah. And so then we get into the, the good, well, there's uh, a couple of things, which is one, the, uh, they, <laughs> they, he gets lured downtown, right? Sonny gets lured downtown to meet with Sid at a fancy club, right? That is like, you know, one of those fancy oh. rich guy college <laughs> clubs. So you think, well, nothing bad can happen here. And in fact, he says, tells Vinny to stay outside, right? Uh, because what could possibly happen in a club? And then it turns out that uh, <laughs> they're going that to. They're, Sid they... and Pat have managed to set up a meeting in a club right when Serrera is across the street having a meeting. Well, no, yeah. yeah well, they've that... set it up that way. Yeah, they. That's what I'm saying. Come they've on. set it up yeah. uh, where he's having a meeting so that a sniper can uh, shoot Serrera and drop the rifle into Sonny's hands. Now, the sniper misses. He hits somebody else. He doesn't manage to kill Serrera, but he does drop the rifle into Sonny's hands, and now they're in some real trouble. 
because yeah. uh, as he says, there's this great moment with Frank where Frank's like, this is fantastic. We got him. And Vinny's like, yeah, but Sonny didn't shoot it. Sonny didn't shoot this. Yeah. Guy. I watched the whole thing from ground level and I'm not going to. And it's like, yeah, it looks like Sonny did it, but I'm not going to go on. Uh, I'm not going to go to court and lie and say that I saw Sonny shoot somebody. As an FBI agent, I'm going to have to get up there and say, I saw someone else shoot at the guy and try to frame Sonny. And then we've blown the whole investigation for nothing. And so that's right. Uh, Vinny has just established himself as the most rare creature imaginable. A cop who won't lie in court. <laughs> well, yes, but he's, you know. He's an unusually um, moral person. Yes. and then, <coughs> So... But the attempts continue on Serrera, the yeah. prosecutor. The prosecutor. There's a fun scene where um, he's able to get, uh, Vinny claims that it, he saw somebody else shooting. And, you know, they don't have any uh, shell casings with Sonny and his. there's no gunpowder in his hand. So obviously it's pretty clear that he didn't do it. So they let them go if they can pass a polygraph test. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Vinny, Vinny does can't. not pass the polygraph test. And Vinny does, again, great scene of him, uh, great scene of him talking his way out of a bad situation. Because he's mm -hmm. like, because uh, the question that he failed, notably, was, do you work for Sonny Steelgrave? Yeah. So obviously Sonny's not happy that he failed that one. And so Vinny's like, look, I just, here's the thing. You don't tell me a lot about the business. So I thought there was a possibility that you did order the hit on Serrera. So I just bit my cheek badly the entire th time and screwed up all the results. And, I mean, it's it's a bit of a thin lie. Yeah, but Sonny wants to believe it. And that's the key part. And Yeah, the key part is Sonny wants to believe it. Sonny wants and Vinny does the right, Vinny does the right, yeah, shoot me, you know. Yeah. Just, the same know, thing, uses the same, same the line that. I was about to say, yes. Yeah. You know, I was about to say that you're absolutely right to point out. He looks at what Sonny did with uh, Pat the Cat and he does the exact same thing with Sonny. And yeah. because Sonny wants to believe it, he's not in a position to say no and to call him on it and, you know, to kill who might be his only friend. Yeah, And it's 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 it was it was so fascinating how they finally finally find the the. Yes, the hitters. You know, the long, the long, the mid, and the, the prima facie, and, and the prima facie. The long, the long, the mid, mid range. Because yeah. because they bring these guys over. So Pat Patrice explains it all to Vinny. No, no, uh, no, 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 not Paul Patrice. Not, uh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. The hunch. Yeah, Harry the hunch. Harry explains it all to Vinny. Yeah. About he's well, and as he says, boy, you young guys, you don't know anything about history. Right? Yeah, because he tells this wonderful anecdote about how uh, if it weren't for mob hitmen, nobody in America would eat pizza. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the theory. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a great story. I don't care if it's true, but he says that Lucky Luciano, uh, to keep the cops uh, from being able to catch anybody, would only, would always like bring in, whenever he needed somebody hit in a prominent way, like a prominent person hit, he would bring in people from Italy to do it. And how do you justify bringing people from Italy? Well, you open up an Italian restaurant and you say you bring it in chefs. So, you know, three guys come in. They work at the restaurant for a couple of weeks. They do the job. Or months they go even, or months, sometimes. Or months even, yeah. And then they, they do the hit. And then they go back to Italy. And now they're rich because they got this American money, which goes a lot further in rural Italy where they all live. Yeah. 
which is it's i mean it's such a great explanation yeah and yes. that and that they're still continuing to do it yeah, so and they're still doing this practice and then of course this triggers Vinny to be like wait a minute uh we were right across the street the hit the attempted hit on Serrera was right across the street from the pizza same Reiki's pizza parlor pizza. Rietti's yeah. pizza Rietti's pizza the same pizza yeah. parlor where the guy is getting waved through to see Serrera all the time they're like and they make the leap and i think it's a reasonable leap that this is probably who's going to be the one to plant a bomb and kill Serrera well he's just yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just, it That's, just makes perfect sense. He is perfect. It made perfect sense. And and the thing is, is that this is um he has been around for months. Yeah. Because he's actually trust. gaining yeah. everybody's trust. This is why I want to make sure they don't just bring them in to, to, to kill hit. somebody and send them home. Exactly. No, no, no. They'll set something up, right? Months just in case. In they, yeah. yeah, they will spend months just in case they're going to need him. So there he is delivering the pizza constantly. He's being used in a in a, a campaign ad, basically. Exactly, yeah. You know, um because well, he's delivering delivering, yeah, he's delivering the pizza. Yeah, the pizza that they always get at the US attorney's office. And then and then of course Sonny, Sonny and Vinny know that that Pat the cat has set this up. Yep. But but then Sonny accidentally well, well okay, and, we'll get there. Well, no, it's accidental. Yeah. It's it's honestly a great scene where <laughs> I thought it was it's a genuinely funny scene at the end of the episode. Yeah. Right? Where at uh, the end of the episode where they like they're in this weird position where Sonny has to run to try and save the life of the guy who's trying to put him in jail. Just I mean, he doesn't care if Sorera dies, but he knows it's going to look like he did it and yep. it's only going to make business worse, so he has to go out and he has to go out and save his life. So they go and they find out where the uh, the pizza guy lives. They go there. They find the all of the, the stuff the pizza stuff, guy yeah. was using to make the bomb. They find a detonator and take it with them, which is a garage door opener. And then we get the scene of them rushing to the federal building and trying to get in and being like, wait, we can't get in. Like, they're not going to let two mob, reputed mob guys walk in the front door. Like, they literally, no one's going to believe them if they say that the pizza guy has a bomb. Right? Yeah. And there's literally nothing they can do. So they go out and they're, they've got one of those elevators that goes outside the building, which creepiest things in the world, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, they have them all over the place oh, in I the know. States. They were part it's of that 80s. Architecture. Oh, no, that was 70s architecture. That's well, I don't know. But I, yeah, the Marriott in Atlanta is just yes. oh, the has all of one. these. These outdoor elevators where you look at the city as you're lifting. I'm like... I do. I hate these glasses. Kansas City. Yeah. I just hate them so much. But yeah. I you feel them. like they're going to fall down. Of course. Of course you feel that way. How could you not suspect they were going to fall on you? But anyway, so he, uh, so they're, they're freaking out that this guy is going to blow up Serrera and Sonny's going to get blamed. And then he hits the detonator and blows up the bomber while he's in the elevator. <laughs> Saving everybody's life. Saving ev Well, except for the bomber. Yeah, well, yeah, but that doesn't matter, uh, yeah. right? And uh, and then we and even the get, and it's completely implausible that this could have happened based on their relative positions, but they can't resist the joke of having the pizza get splattered against the window where Frank and the uh, and Sarah yeah. are. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. 
yeah, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, let's be honest about this. No, it, it makes zero sense. In real life, but Great it doesn't visual. matter, right? Great and then, then the end line of, you know, and then Serrero goes on and it's going to make him even more, yeah. you know, pushing against Sonny because, of course, he thinks Sonny has done it. Yep. You know, and then Sonny says, geez, we saved his life. You can't even thank us. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's such a good episode, too, because you get, in one episode, you have a thrilling adventure with Sonny getting framed over and over again and them having to stop a bomber, right? So you get a thrilling adventure in the episode, but you also introduce the four key characters who are going to be so vital to the rest of the story for the rest yeah. of this arc. Like, we meet everybody, we find out the lay of the land, and we have a thrilling adventure the whole time. Now, you're not going to see Serrera again, but, and this is where it gets really interesting, um, the whole thing with Serrera is he's a, I mean, yeah, he wants to get rid of Sonny and he wants to, and he likes Law and Order, but fundamentally he's a glory hound. He likes yeah. the cameras. He want and he wants to be governor. And in the weirdest thing the show does, this character comes back in season three, but he's got a new name and he's being played by Chaz Palminteri. Mm-hmm. But it's in every way the same character. And spoiler alert, both characters are Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I mean that that's what they're setting setting these people up as. Yeah. They are you know, a stand in for real life dirtbag Rudy Giuliani, who cared more about the cameras than he did about the mobsters he was putting around. Or anything else that he did. Or yeah, or literally anything else in his life. The man <laughs> only cared did. about increasing his own station. He was a. Uh, I'm talking about him in the past tense, like he's dead. He's not dead. He's just a scumbag. He's yeah, just a scumbag who has been disbarred. And we have, and thankfully, we don't have to listen to him all the time anymore. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like no one will book him on TV because he was publicly, like, shamefully disbarred and has had his legal key, uh, career destroyed. But just think, and I mean, there are people who will tell you. And I don't know that this is true. I have no reason to suspect this is true. There are people who would tell you that, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani got kickbacks from the Russian mob for destroying the American mob, like for destroying the Italian mob. Because here's spoiler alert. Uh, things don't go great for the people that Sonny Steelgrave and Paul Patrice are based on. In real life, the New York mob was all but destroyed. Like there's still a New York mob. Yeah. But they don't have, like, these guys had power in New York from the 30s through to the 80s. But for better or for worse, and, I, and obviously most of it is for better, but Rudy Giuliani did get them. Like, he did get the New York mob. Yeah. And all the prosecutors. So it's like, Wise Guy is about, you know, the work being done to destroy this American criminal institution. And now we, in the end, at the time it was made, like these fights with the, with the prosecutors, this was all happening while this show was airing. And only now we're looking at it, you know, with the benefit of hindsight where, yeah, they, they did get the mob. Rudy Giuliani and all of the various New York and state and state and federal prosecutors took down the mob just the way they said they were going to. And yep. Unfortunately, uh, then the Russian mob just moved in. Yeah, the Albanians and the, the Albanians, whatever. And the, yeah, and that is something that's going to come up in the show very soon. And I'm excited to talk about because, spoiler alert, they were a lot more brutal and awful 
than the New York it, mob. Well, the, the New Italian York mob. mob had been around so long. They were in. They were an institution. They were part yeah. of society. And like, they didn't. It, and and the pro the problem is is that they didn't start off as this mob. They started off ultimately as a protection. They took care of their people when the system wasn't taking well, care of them. Remember, all the and they ran that, protection. Like we've watched. Okay, we've we've watched the Alienist. Okay, at the time the Black Hand and Cosa Nostra was taken over New York. They were literally like the New York Police Department was not a more moral or better organization than the mob. The mob, and this is what this is actually a quote from the book Wise Guy in the movie, um, and the movie Goodfellas. The mob is just cops for criminals for this organization. There has like if you're going to be committing crimes, you need someone to organize. Who can you commit crimes against and who can you not commit crimes against? Yeah. And the cops are there. And I mean, I hate to become a ridiculous Marxist here, but the cops are there to say it's okay for rich people to commit crimes against poor people. And the mob is there to say it's okay for people within our culture and our in society to commit crimes against people outside of that. But in the same way that cops don't turn on other cops, the world of the mob is you leave out, uh, you know, like if you if another guy's in the mob, he's protected from getting heisted, and that's all the protection racket is. It's you paying fifty dollars a month to get protecting from all the people who would heist you. That's what a protection racket is, and it's yeah. immoral, <laughs> but you know, and a whole bunch of other things. It's but... immoral and it's awful, but it's not that complicated. And they're not criminals who do this because they love crime. It started out as an organization that literally did have to protect Italian businesses from all of the other businesses who would have used, you know, either the cops or crime to run them out of the city. Yeah, you, I mean, and there are very, very early, there's a lot of books about this. I always, I always say you need to go and read the um, Madonna. Oh, um, the Madonna. Madonna of... 115th Street, Street. Yeah. Oh. because it does takes does a lot of discussion yeah, about that book. very fact um, in in the early days when there when the Italians had certain areas where they lived and it was it was the same thing in in many ways in Chicago yeah um, and you could tell stories and I mean it was still going on like in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and there were you know there were families and. Yep. And it was not, it's, it's, it's a, it was their guys protecting them, mm -hmm. but they managed to, um, go, what, what's the word I want? I mean, they do manage, they get bigger, they get well, less they become crazy. They become institutions. Yeah. They become, they have like so much, so many things under their power. They can't just be. Bugsy Seagulls anymore. They can't just be crazy guys who were there because they like to rumble. Because that's what Bugsy Seagull was, and that's what he had to get killed. That's why he had to get killed. He was a guy who was a wild man who loved to rumble and didn't really care about the rules. And you need guys like that when you're starting a business. But once this that kind of business, becomes, yeah, this <laughs> kind, uh, any kind of business, come on. Yeah. You need you need well. people who are willing to go to I mean in this kind of business there's more violence but when you're starting out doing any startup well, you need people who are going to make it their whole lives and live 24/7 
promoting the business. Whereas once you reach a certain level, you need professional management. And that's exactly. Yeah. And that's how... what Lucky Luciano was all about. Yep. And that's and why they, yeah. and that's why they had to get rid of. And that's why they had to get rid of Bugsy Siegel. And that's what the movie Bugsy's about. Yes. And you can just, you can see it. And yeah. So it is, it is definitely setting everything up. Yeah, I think it, I think this episode does a great job of just establishing all of the stakes, all of the characters. This is the world they live in. Yes. And then we move on to Loose Loose Cannon, Cannon. which is what this show will do is every now and then put in an episode that doesn't move the main plot all that much forward. Yeah. But, you know, it, it tells you a few things, but it is still just a story. Well, I think this is this is the most standalone story in the yeah. first season, except maybe for A Deal's A Deal, which is one of my favorite episodes of the first season. A Deal's A Deal is also a very standalone episode. Yeah. I so, really like that episode because you need to do that episode right before the finale. And we'll talk about why. We'll yeah. talk about why when we get there. But all right. Um, and to, in, order, in order to contextualize this episode for people who only watch modern television, there's something you have to understand that was a trope in television going back a long way historically. And that is that, like, a character will suddenly have a longtime girlfriend who and it's never come up before. Right? It's just suddenly have a longtime girlfriend who is incredibly important to the plot of an episode and generally something terrible will happen to them and then they'll never get mentioned again. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. But at least what this show does yeah. is uh, you know that time has passed and he's still working for Vinny. Exactly. For I Sonny. mean, for Sonny. Well, he's yes. still working and for Sonny. And I was Sonny. about to say that, and the one thing this episode does is it is entirely likely that the show, the episode um, uh, that we're talking about, Loose Cannon, takes place probably like five months after the pilot yeah he's easily yeah you know because he's been seeing he's been seeing her and for months he's um, never been mentioned he and, and sunny are really comfortable together like he like everything is running smoothly in uh, like with him at the casino like everything it's like so literally i would say that um new blood is set you know a month after the pilot and this is like three, four months after New Blood. At just least, given yeah. the way their relationships Be- have changed. Yeah, and given the fact that his girlfriend, he's still seeing her, and yeah. his brother Pete gets involved yeah. in this. We find out she's, a, not only is she a local girl, she's from the neighborhood, as opposed to the women he dates in, uh, in, as Vin- in Sonny's World. In Sonny's World. She's from the neighborhood, so she's a nice girl. And she's a widow, right? And her husband was a cop, who has died and she's been cloistered away for you know two years since her husband yeah. died and then she uh and now she started dating Vinny after those two years like she's gone through it's, the requisite it, catholic mourning period yes yes you have one year of deep black mourning you practically don't go day. out of the house yeah never leave the house <laughs> no, and, and uh so now and and pete is there to caution um like yeah. it's a nice opening where he's he he dunks his yeah. brother into the water and that sort of thing and you know like it's it's just it gets you away from the world of Sunny 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, sort of, right? Well, no, you do. Except, ex, ex, except her father. And this is why, like, I was thinking about that when I was watching it this time, and God only knows how many times this is. Yeah. But when I was trying to think about it when we're talking about it, that this is probably one of the reasons why if her father, and it does look as if her father was on the take. No, her father, her husband. No, it's her father that was on the take. No. Her hu her husband. No, her husband was a bent cop. Yeah, but her father. Yes, what about her? Father? Was also. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, but okay? the key character is her dead husband. Well, her dead husband, I'm not sure. Like, like you think he's a bent cop. Was he an undercover cop? Well, no. And I mean, there is a question, but I mean, the... There's a question about her husband that's left open. It's not so much like her father died and therefore the department covered it up. No, but her that, father. That, that's her husband. You're, you've confused this. Uh, now we'll have to go well, back we're gonna and go listen back to and it check. again. But the point is, whether it was her father or husband, well, somebody somebody killed himself and they said it was an accident, uh, you know. Uh, killed himself and the co the department hovered it up, covered up 100% it's her husband and you got a little confused because you know that happens but either way the important part is um she doesn't know she was married to or married to or the daughter of but married to uh, a bent cop and that's key like she's not aware that she was surrounded by corruption and in fact nobody in the ta in the community seems to know that's something that Frank brings up because he looked at the guy's jacket to find out, you know, who's this woman that Vinny's dating? Is this going to be a problem? And the guy's jacket says that indictments were about to come down uh, against some corrupt cops, and he didn't have an accident cleaning his gun the way everyone suggested. He, uh... They say end of watch, E-O-W, because yeah. that is code they use for eat own weapon, which is how cops kill themselves. They put yeah. a gun in their mouth and they blow the back of their head off and they do it that way. So you can still give them a burial or an open casket in the burial uh, without it being too much work for the mortician. And that's a disgusting thing, but I've read a lot of stuff about cops and end of watch is code for a code for eat own weapon. So yeah. Ugh. And so that is the term they talk about and whether who, whoever the relationship is between the character who did that and her, it's the same result because it he reminds doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't know, but we get this position where we're being reminded like Vinny is worried about getting Gina is the character's name. We haven't mentioned mm -hmm. that yet. Like he's worried because like um, he's, he'd be bringing her into this corrupt world and she, he can't be honest about who she is. But Frank's there with the fact that like, He's not encouraging her to get together with her. And she's, he's saying she's damaged goods because of what the husband put her through. But at the same time, like, she was already involved in uh, Vinny's corrupt world, whether she knew it or not. And I find that very interesting. Well, I, well, I find that, I, I, and that's why I said that it's quite possibly Sonny didn't have trouble with the girl from the neighborhood because, either. Yeah, because her because husband was one of the people on the take. I know. Yeah. And so whether anybody knew, so this never goes anywhere. It's okay no. because basically Vinny does the right thing. And because his brother is pushing him, yeah. you can't, you can't have a light. Plus, of course, the funniest scene is when she figures out that he's an undercover cop. I know. Oh, 
you know, and then he goes to Frank and says, oh, by the way, Frank, there's one thing you missed. Yeah. And they, they talk about how in his training program uh, that what you're supposed to do is like you train to be a cop, but then you train to go undercover. So you have to figure out everything cops do, like all the, the lingo cops use. You have to never accidentally do or say anything a cop does or says. And yeah. one of them and the one she catches him on is taking the lid off of a cup of takeout coffee and whipping it with two fingers. Yeah. Right, whipping it onto casually the with two fingers onto the back of the dashboard. And yeah. she's like, he always did that. And then so he shows it to Frank and Frank's like, yeah, I do that too. Every well, time. no, actually, he says, Frank, Frank, th yeah, th throw th the thing. your lid. Yeah, throw, throw the lid. Throw the lid you know, like Frank's you always do. Well, and he does it. And, it's and like, he does boom. it. And it's exactly yeah. the same. And they all do it the same way. And even Vinny picked it up because while he was training to be in the FBI secretly, he was going on stakeouts with people and understanding how the cops work. So he does it too. It's a great moment. And we've done yeah. all this to talk about the world and the characters and what it says about them. And we haven't actually discussed the plot of the episode at all. Well, yeah. You know, crazy Lorenzo. Yeah, so um, the plot <laughs> of the episode is that Sonny's nephew, Lorenzo Steelgrave, um, his uh, his dad's... Um, what no, do you his call dad it? was deported. No, so no, Sonny's yeah. uncle so, got yeah, deported. Sonny, that's what I was saying. Like, Sonny's father's brother, right? So Dave and, uh, Dave and Sonny's dad's brother uh, was deported when Lorenzo was six. And so he's grown up for the next 20 years in Italy. And now, essentially... Like, and Vinny knows that this is, could be an issue, but he tries to stay on the right side of it. They want Steelgraves here to run the business. Like, he, yeah, and it's, it's about family. And so they've sent, they've sent this kid to come and learn the business. That way they, they've got someone who's family who they know they can trust. Yeah. Right. And so that's why Lorenzo's there. So Lorenzo off the, it's off the boat and it's David Marciano. And if you don't know who David Marciano <laughs> is, I'm Crazy sorry. Yeah, he, he plays crazy better than anybody. Like he was on, he was on, um, family law. He was in the, he was the, the cop on the first season of due South, but he and, um, Oh God, how am I God, playing? He, Paul Gross hated Paul each Gross's other best, so much. Best friend. Oh yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Hated each other so much that he left the show and, uh, and another actor had to take over for him. Uh, it was actually like kind of shocking, but David Marciano is a fantastic performer. Like, who does crazy better than David Marciano? Who does, like, really, yeah. like, you look at him and you're like, there's watch, something wrong with this guy yeah, better than David Marciano. Watch this episode. You know, this episode, he's fantastic in it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he plays Sonny and immediately, you know, things are going to go terrible, uh, terribly badly. They go out to dinner and Sonny trying to prove that, you know, he's a good guy. And as you say, maybe knowing that she's probably cool because of her corrupt husband invites uh, Gina to come down to Atlantic City to have dinner with everybody. And this creates a problem because as both as part of a, uh, a power move and because he's a psychopath and he wants to cause trouble, Lorenzo starts coming on to Gina, Vinny's girlfriend. And when Vinny and Gina both shut him down and decide to leave, he reacts by attacking Vinny with a bundle of antennas that he tears off of cars in the parking lot fun fact cars used to have giant metal antennas sticking out of the hood <laughs> that's not a thing anymore but there used to just be giant metal antennas sticking out of the hood and if anything happened to them you couldn't hear the radio again yeah. not a thing anymore but 
he so he broke off like five people's antennas and starts smacking at Vinny with them. And of course, you know, Vinny leaves and says, I can't kill this guy because he's your nephew, Sonny, but keep him away from me. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have another recasting in the same they were talking about Serrera. Watch the scenes set in Uptown um, Atlantic City and tell me that's not supposed to be Gravedigger Jones. Well, it it's looks obvious. like it. It's obviously yeah. supposed to be the same character from the pilot. Because they go. But uh, it's yeah, but it, now he's Cecil DeMont. Yes. But it's obviously the same character. And yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they just couldn't get the actor back for whatever reason. Yeah, so they had to give him a different name. Yeah, so the new guy is a different name and he's Cecil DeMont. But he's like. And he's got he's, a religious nut. Yeah, he's gone even more. Like, he's gone down the, the Haitian voodoo, like he thinks that he cannot be defeated kind of stuff going on. It's it's actually a lot of fun. He's an entertaining mm-hmm. character, but he's invited, um, he's invited, you know, Sonny down to talk. And so Sonny rolls up with three cars full of guys with guns and there's a gunfight because of course it was a trap. And then we're asked to, we're asked to think of something and it's like a question that I don't have a good answer for. And I'm going to ask you about it. How many people does Vinny kill for Sonny? Because he shot people at the gunfight at the warehouse, and he kills, or bat, or grievously injures, shoots them with a shotgun, two different people in this scene. And there's a non-zero chance that there are other mob-related people that Vinny killed for Sonny, and we just don't see it on camera, based on their relationship. And yes, it's something and that I've, would... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always, how could how could he have ever gotten away yeah. without... And and we do see later on other things too. But what happens? Yeah, and it's going to be countenanced. He's he's as you say, deep undercover. Yeah, this is going to be acceptable. It is always, and the argument would be it's self defense. Yes, absolutely. In this case, in this case, it's one hundred percent self defense. But we're going to get to another one in a second. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not well, not today. No, we are today, but. Uh, We'll talk oh. about some more later. Um, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, go. yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's why you asked that question. That's why I asked that question. Right. And, Be- and we'll, we'll get there right now. Yeah. All right. So. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I and was so, thinking about something else. No, no, no yes. I know. Hey, I know the scene you're thinking of. Don't worry. Uh, so what happens is they go to, uh, they go there, they run off and it's wartime, right? It's obviously they're, they're ready to rumble. And Lorenzo thinks he can settle the war because he's looking for some action to cut himself in because, well, oh. he's crazy. And he's not Sonny's nephew. Well, yes, <laughs> which is something that uh, Vinny finds out soon, that in fact, uh, he's a hill person. He's just a, just a, a, the Italian version of a hillbilly, which are literally just outlaws who live in the hills of Sicily and steal and murder to live. And I yeah, don't know how he, prominent a thing this is, but apparently that's a real thing. And he was, he, he ended up in, in a mental institution. And, up in a mental and he had institution, escaped. And he escaped. Killed Lorenzo. Yeah, ran onto the boat, killed Lorenzo, took his ID, and uh, threw him off the boat, threw the body off the boat. And it took a couple of days to wash up back on the shores of Sicily, so nobody knew about it. And in fact, when Vinny finds out about it, um, even, like, Sonny doesn't know yet. 
But he can't tell Sonny. And he can't tell Sonny because he would have to say how would he know? <laughs> exactly. He can't say, explain how he found out. So he can't tell Sonny that Lorenzo isn't it. But it's not like Sonny's getting taken in by Lorenzo anymore. Lorenzo shows up and says, uh, Lorenzo goes down to the black part of town, kills Cecil DeMont, and makes a deal with his second in command to, uh, to quote unquote, settle the war. Except I'll tell you how to steal from Sonny and you cut me in 50% of everything you steal. And the yeah. first thing he does is try to get Vinny killed by turning over the, uh, they do a, what do you call it? A monthly drop off of their illegal money at the banks yeah. they use to launder it. And so Vinny's taken half a million dollars down and the Jamaicans and the Haitians show up because uh, I think they're supposed to be Haitians, but there's definitely a bunch of guys with dreadlocks and they play. So, and therefore <laughs> they must be Jamaicans. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure given the his religious things, this guy was supposed to be Haitian, but now they're Jamaican gangsters. The mo- the, the episode's a little confused about it, right? I yes. think that's true. <laughs> but anyway, it goes great. Uh, they chase him. He has to abandon the car full of money. He flees. And then uh, basically they we got a moment of Sonny being like wanting to use any excuse to not believe that his nephew is a psychopath who's sabotaging his business. Like, what if you, you know, what if you took the money, uh, Vinny, and I'm just blaming it on these Jamaicans? You know, what if you screwed me over? Well, because he's already told Sonny that his that that the nephew Lorenzo has is trying is trying was trying to recruit Vinny. Yeah. yeah. And saying Right, so he's told Sonny this. Yeah, he's he's already told Sonny this. And so Sonny one again, Sonny lives in a bit of a fantasy world. There's all sorts yeah. of stuff Sonny wants to be true and he acts like it's true. But there's yes. stuff that goes even too far for Sonny, which is what happens when Lorenzo walks in and says, I'm taking o- like, uh, I'm taking over. I'm-, I'm running Cecil DeMont now, and you'll be dealing with me from now on. Yeah. Uh, Vinny, uh, Sonny doesn't like that, and it looks like he's ready to shoot him right then and there. But then Lorenzo pulls out a grenade. Yeah. And threatens Sonny and Sid, and uh, Sid throws himself to the ground yes well he's an accountant he's an accountant this is not his business this is not what he does he doesn't want to die he's not he's supposed to be the accountant exactly uh so really just a great moment from uh great great moment from our beloved sid royce who's again a fantastic villain who never shoots anybody never physically threatens anybody one of my favorite villains on the show sid royce Oh, yes, because it's all secondhand. It's all, yeah. He's just the guy who sits behind a desk and deals with spreadsheets and orders people's deaths. It's it's fantastic. Like, he's such a great character. Because you understand, he really is a consigliere. Like, he, he, uh, you know, he is, he has, you know, a doctorate in um, economics. And he is part of the president's council of economic advisors. Like he is legit as they come, as white shoe as they come, but for him, business is business, whether that's killing somebody or signing a document. Yeah, really yeah, so. love that about the character. Anyway, so now we get to the big finale, which is uh Vinny needs knows that something needs to be done about Lorenzo before everything comes tearing down. And he's like, Did you see where do, do you know where he went? He asked the secretary, and the secretary 
is like, oh, he uh, asked, he asked me, me out. out. And I'm like, it's 10 in the morning. And he's like, oh, I'll go see some uh, a girl I've got in the neighborhood. And Vinny's like, or oh, in, Queens, in Queens is what yeah. he says. Well, yes, I keep calling her her girl from the neighborhood, but I want to make that clear in Queens. And Vinny, of course, realizes exactly what this means. Yeah. So he gets in the uh, gets in the company Porsche and races down there. And now we get to the sexual assault part of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. And and it was it was hard i yeah. mean vinny and because it takes time to get he's downtown so it takes time yeah. to get to queens well it takes to get and, it takes him like 40 minutes to speed there yeah and yeah. um and who knows how much of a lead he had on him but while we literally we see an in-progress sexual assault when vinny gets there and it's as rough as you assume it would be like yeah uh, this is not something uh an issue the show is going to be broaching uh, again and honestly, I, I don't, there's no nice way to say this. People growing up today watching television really have no conception of how many sexual assaults there were in like just nighttime dramas and television back in the day. Yeah. It was so casual to have characters get sexually assaulted. Sometimes main characters. It's it's weird. Like if you were a woman on a soaps? TV show, especially in the soaps, soap opera, so daytime Which soap is... operas, nighttime soap operas, like it was much more casually treated in the past than it is now in a way that I don't think people really get because they think, oh, look at all the extreme violence on TV now. And I'm like, yeah, but people didn't take rape seriously because the culture didn't take rape seriously. Yeah. That's basically about it. Yeah. And th so this is a horrible, horrible scene. Oh, God. Um, and it ends up, of course, with Vinny. And I think we just say, I mean, Vinny yeah. ends up killing him. Well, yeah. And, Flat and, no, no, out and but not and killing him, murdering. Murdering him because the guy drops his things and says, you can't do anything about me. And if I get, I'll just get sent to a mental hospital yeah. and I'll find my way out again. And there's nothing you can do to me because you're a cop. And he literally says, screw it. I'm not even going to arrest it. I'm just going to come over and kill you right now because you're a cop. And he doesn't really understand Vinny. <laughs> well, no, or his relationship with Gina. Yeah. Or his relationship he, because with it's Gina. impossible. It's impossible for him to... And this is what fascinates me about the show, is that Vinny the character commits a 100% clear, no question, murder yep. in this episode. Yep. And he will never be judged for that? Nope. And it's never going to come up again. Because Lorenzo is crazy and they're because happy Lorenzo's to get rid of him. And, yeah. I mean, this is where whenever you hear... Daniel talking about how the FBI will always cover up for their own. This is one of those examples, yeah. right? Like, um, it, it, it's it's a judgment call that yeah. they just make, and as long as you you kill somebody who's worse than you, yeah, who, who is who is evil in, in the is black, you yeah. know, in the black and white world, in the black and white this world, this one is in the, the black FBI. world, yeah, yeah, they absolutely so, will that's always fine. cover for their own, and that's exactly what they do. Now we don't see Frank covering up for him. We don't see any of that. And of course, as you say, Sonny's fine, uh, fine with it because by the time this happens, Sonny has made some calls. Because again, yes. we before Vinny runs out, we hear that Sonny is going to like make some calls to the old country and find out like what the hell happened to this guy? Like how yeah. did this kid that I knew when he was a six-year-old 
turn into this absolute raving psycho. And so by the time, like, by the time, quote unquote, Lorenzo's dead, in all likelihood, Sonny knows that it's not actually Lorenzo. Oh, yeah. That's a conversation we don't actually see. I will say one thing that hurts this episode, and you tell me whether you agree with me or not. I would say that the one thing that hurts this episode is, I'm not saying she's a bad actress, okay? But I don't think the kind of acting Gina is doing fits in with the ep- the kind of show it is. She is doing nighttime soap acting. There is such, there is, there is this, again, I use the term mannered, in, with the mob guys, it makes sense because the artificial way mob guys speak to never say what they're saying. With her, she has this over-dramatized way of saying everything that if this was an episode of Knots Landing, I'd be like, yep, she fits in perfectly. But on Wise Guy, it seems out of place to me. Well, except they want to, I think what they were trying to do, I'm just, um, well, Wise Guy was only really the second thing on her filmography. Oh, really? She was in something called uh, Light of Day, which is what? A soap opera? Definitely a soap opera. Um, well, actually, a pair of siblings must choose whether to pursue their dream of touring with their rock band oh, or okay. support their family and stay in Cleveland. So and it's Paul Schrader. You're saying um, yeah. uh, a Paul Yeah, Schrader Michael, Michael okay. J. Fox. Oh, I mean, I've actually oh, seen, I've seen this Light of Day. Okay, yeah, it's yes. the one with Joan Jett, Michael I J. Remember. Fox, Gina Rollins as the mother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've seen um, that. So she was in that. She was in, in this. And yes, yes, that's exactly... I mean, it is a problem, except I think that they want to set up this, this, this idea that somehow or another, Vinny has, has kind of this world that he's living in. And then, okay, so you're saying the different acting style is representing the different world she represents. Yes, because he's different with her. He is. Right. And, and she's supposed to be this sort of helpless a woman who has been devastated by her husband's death. She has been saved. I see what you're saying. I mean, think about how Pete treats her. No, that's Like she's damaged. She's terribly damaged and you can't do this to her. She's a porcelain doll. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. You know? And so she's just one of these, these people who, one of these women who eventually, you know, if her cop had, her, her cop husband had gotten angry, probably would have beaten her up. And oh, 100% she would have he never... did beat her up. No, no, he did yeah. beat her up. Like, it's coded yeah. language, but Pete says that he abused his wife. Like, they use coded language about, you know, the horrible yeah. stuff Alex... That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It's, they use coded language because they don't want to come out and say he was a bad cop who beat his wife all the time, but spoiler yeah. alert, 60% of all cops beat their intimate partners, so... Oh, no, 40%. It's 60 who don't. 40%, yeah. 40% of all cops beat their intimate partners, so it's not a shock. But it, that's not something you were allowed to really talk about on television at the time. No, or, and I think that I think that that's what... That's, she is this sort of fragile flower. Okay, I see what you're saying. And, and that's so, why... Right, the height... Okay, and that's why he's so protective, and that's why she behaves the way they do, and you can read. I read it as a bad acting choice, but you can read it as the the style the stylization of her acting is representing that she's from this completely other world than Vinny where everyone's much more natural yeah yeah and that she's and uh, because and now they don't really push that no not because at all at, uh, ever again except 
of course, the relationship with him and his mother. But yeah, well, of course. we'll get to that yeah. eventually. I, I love his mother, but she is like, again, a cartoon of an Italian mother. Well, she's like the one in Blues, the Blues Brothers. You remember the woman in the Blues Brothers? Oh, yeah, who the guys? the door. Yeah, Mrs. Tarantino. Yeah. They're musicians. Yeah. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma are, you, are you in the FBI? No, ma'am. We're musicians. It's so beautiful. No, but it's like there's this type of stereotypical Italian mother or grandmother, and she fits that to a T. And I know that comes from a real place. And I've met women like that. But it's like when you meet uh, Mrs. Terranova, Elsa Raven, it's like, wow, she is just so <laughs> much, so much that exact, exactly who you're expecting Vinny's mother to be. It's it's quite a performance. <laughs> Yes, it's quite a performance. So, right. and I think that right, and I, that's I, I think at. that's why it is. Yeah, there, you understand why um, it feels weird to me. The kind well, of no, she always she feels like she's, and I, but I think it's a deliberate choice as opposed to bad acting. I think that she's supposed to be the waif. Yeah, right, just very very waify. Okay, and so Vinny, of course, being in the mob, he and of course then he's drawn to this because she represents everything that needs to be protected about the neighborhood. Yeah, okay, and you see it when he talks to Sunny. Look, Sunny, we can't do. You can't invite her out. She's a girl from the neighborhood. Yeah, he doesn't want her to go yeah. anywhere be near this world. world. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean you're you're absolutely right. I I think so, you're right, and I was being too harsh on it. I um, think it would have been problematic if 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 um she had continued in the show. Oh no no, I, there's no I, the choice. The choice was right. Vinny, it, to, it was right for him to not see her again, and more importantly, like just narratively, like it makes sense. And as a character moment, of course, Vinny can't keep her like keep seeing her. He has a job to do, and it's an incredibly difficult. job. It's so much more difficult than being regularly undercover because again he's undercover under his own name he's yes, undercover and she under has found out identity, and she has found out so it's like it's it's exponentially more risky for him yeah. to keep seeing her so it's because she's risky. already told lorenzo yeah she well no no he found a letter she had written a letter to Vinny. To oh say yeah that and he found the letter yeah him. he found the letter she didn't actually say it but because yeah. she would have, she would have held off, but you know he yeah. found the letter that she was writing. So it's all, it's all yeah, very right. well done, but it's all really tragic. Yeah. Just, just a good it episode. Was... Yeah, really, really good episode. And next week things really get turned up because, um, a first we get a birthday surprise, which yeah. is all about the kind of mobsters who are going to move in when the Italian mob goes away. And it's, it's also another one of those episodes where we meet a character we've never met before. And suddenly they're really important for one episode. Like that's just, that's just thing that used to happen in the eighties. There were characters, characters didn't get set up the way they should because they didn't yeah. plan out the season long arcs when you're doing a pilot. Cause you were just friggin' writing a pilot. You know, you didn't yeah. know if it was going to made. You're going to not figure out what the whole rest of the season is unless it actually gets picked up. TV was very different in the 80s, is my point. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, they do that. And what's up? What's the name of episode five? Because it's the uh, one on one. One on one. The Annette Benning episode. Yeah. Which is uh, fantastic. And one of the first and, and a perfect example of this show and it's discovery of actors because it's literally one of annette benning's earliest acting roles and she's yeah. gone 
to have quite a career, but the miraculous casting people at Wise Guy spotted her when she was doing TV and give her one hell of a part to play. Yep. So yeah, we're not going to talk we'll... any more about it, but watch for next week. You're going to watch Birthday Surprise and then One on One. Yep. Really good. Episodes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's that. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you'd like to suggest other shows you think we should take a look at, please drop us a line at ProfilingCriminalMinds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you were listening to some certain sort of an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find the show. We'll see you back here next time. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.